Entry Level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in-demand jobs. Hey everyone, welcome to the Entry Level Audio Wiki. Today we're talking about UX UI design with Matt, who is the UI UX designer at Atomics. You want to say a quick hi to everyone that's listening? Hey guys, how you going? They're not responding, but I'm sure everyone's doing fine. So <laughs> I, I just want to start this with uh, more of just a general explanation, because I know this is a weird field. Um, and a lot of people in the field who are UI, UX, product designers, um, there's definitely a lot of definitions that get thrown around. Mm-hmm. So perhaps you could talk about like, you know, what is a UI and UX designer and what is the difference between UI and UX? And also, what do they stand for? Because we haven't even touched upon that yet. Sure. So yeah, this is a bit of a hybrid role. It's an evolving space. So people are still working out the terminology. The UI in UI and UX designer stands for user interface. This is more specifically touch point of the pixels themselves. So the colors, the fonts, the buttons, the edging, all of the like literal design aspects of the interface itself. That's what we refer to as UI design. And then the UX stands for user experience, whereby we calculate and research how a user would interact with a piece of software or a website itself. And we make accommodations for that. Also, you get the term product designer get thrown around as well. For me, that means that you are solely and more elegantly focused on software applications itself and the design and user experience around utilizing those. Yeah, awesome. I should also add that I have found interviewing a lot of different people that product UI UX design tends to be very like uh, blurred in different companies and they, they used, yeah, I guess it's not clear like how exactly they're defined, but I think the one thing is that yes, UI design is focused on the user interface and like the actual literal things that you put on it. And the user experience is thinking about like someone's user journey and as they go through something. Could you talk a little bit about, I guess, like, do you, do you see those roles sometimes split? Like do you have a UI, UI designer, UX designer working together? And like, what does that interaction issue look like? Yeah, of course. I mean, well, for me, the user experience considerations should come before you start heavily getting involved in the colors and fonts and the design itself or the user interface design. So in our company and a lot of others I've worked in, the user experience side does more of the research and the wireframing perspective to get the project started. And then the user of the interface designer will come in later and apply styling essentially. So user experience resolves, revolves a lot around psychology. Like you said, yeah, workflows of how we assume every use case for a user, yeah, be able to interact with the product. And then again, the designer comes in last minute to polish up the UI and, and make sure that it's adhering to the style guide or the design system of the company or application that we're building for. Awesome. Maybe let's dive into, I guess, what a typical week. I don't, I don't even know if you have a typical week because I'm sure you work on like dozens of different projects, but perhaps maybe you could talk about whether there is a typical week or like maybe you could talk about what is business as usual and then what is some stuff that might come up that is ad hoc and maybe yeah. not in the usual week. All right, cool. Well, I'll give you a bit of a like day in the life of to start off, to start off and then, yeah, we can talk about what, yeah, you know, comes up ad hoc and 
what can change given week to week. Now, this is prefaced by the fact that I work for an agency. So agencies mean we have lots of clients that pop in and out of the business. Priorities get switched on a dime. So that can make for some interesting changes in any sort of routine. Every day I, I get to the office around 7.30. I'd like to get in early, check emails, all of those sort of like menial tasks for the day. Internally, we have some routine rhythms that we like to adhere to, like a stand-up at 9.30, which is everybody everybody in the team getting on board and sharing what they're going to be working for, working on, sorry, for the day. And then we follow that with sprint planning. So every two weeks, we essentially set the guidelines for what we want to achieve within the next two weeks and adhere to those outputs and goals. Additionally, within days, I like to plan my client meetings early in the morning. We have team huddles straight after that, which can be followed by a range of activities, including conducting user research with one person or up to 30 people at a time. I work in products like Figma or Adobe Illustrator to create high fidelity wireframes and prototypes. Commonly, we host creative workshops with clients. So we bring them in into the business and run them through a lot of their objectives around what they believe their users want to get from their, their new applications or websites. You'll catch me always with a, a pencil just sketching out workflows or, or mock-ups themselves. And then also I've got to interact with the development teams quite often as well and support. So if there is any time where we need recommendations for user experience or there needs to be an update to an interface, I always get called up. And uh, yeah, fundamentally, when anything gets put into production, yeah, I'm always called into many meetings to uh, make sure that communication between the dev teams is at a high quality. Otherwise, yeah, with a lack of communication with your developers and other designers, then yeah, it could be a lot of wasted time and regressions later on. But my, my week to week is reasonably consistent. It generally revolves around two aspects. It's either creative research, like creative or research, sorry. So I'm doing the research, whether that's with potential users themselves or clients, and then I allocate days where I will just work on interface designs and really lock into those. I, I like to time batch and work in hours at a time. Some people like to balance a whole array of tasks every day, but I really like to block out and time box couple hours at least at a time to make sure I'm doing my best work and that my focus is 100% on the, the task at hand. Yeah, awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, how you interact with other team members? So is it is it a project manager and then you're under the project manager and is there like a product manager, is there a back-end, front-end dev? Like what does the team usually look like and how do the interactions usually play out? Yeah, of course. Well, let's just say that Slack and Zoom will be open on your desktop at all times. So video video calls and, and constant messaging is, is required. Depending on the project, depends on the size of the team. Generally, each project will have, as you said, a project manager. We'll have a product owner as well, who has been there from the beginning of the inception of the concept or product all the way through. We, have, we don't meet with the entire development team. We generally have a lead dev who will take the, the meetings and stand-ups and delineate any responsibility from there. And yeah, like I said, we communicate at least once daily and we actually work remotely at the moment. So we don't have that culture as we once did, whereby people would give you a tap on the shoulder if they were walking past or reach out if they were having an issue with something. So that's increased comms, you know, 10x. 
but yeah, we have a pretty tight knit team. I think within the company, there's only 20 people, but I would interact with almost everybody daily. It's, uh, it's that collaborative. Yeah, that makes sense. And are you working with the same team on five projects in parallel or do you do project after project? How does that work? It's actually parallel. The agency model means that, yeah, whatever job comes in, you pay attention to. And generally with the UX perspective, your UX and UI, you're early on in the project. And as it pushes into development, you're required less and less. So we really rotate a majority of our time early on with clients and sort of weaner our responsibility as it goes into development. If we've done a good job, we'll do less work during the development process. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. I think that answers my questions in a day in a life. Maybe go into like more examples of like a case study. You know, give me an example of what a client would come to you with and then how walk me through your thought process and how you go through it. Like you do a workflow diagram, you do this, that. Can you explain that? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we'll take the example of a company coming in and they want to refresh of their current site. We get this all the time. Client X has had their website done in you know early 2000 or, or only a few years ago and the design is terrible they want to update and how do we take that website to the next level uh, the first thing that we do is always take a client face to face we want to get a majority of the purpose uh, secured from the client itself directly why are they changing their website is the main thing is it to increase sales is it to, to increase conversion do they just want more site visitors etc cetera, etc cetera. that is a massive influence on how we design a product. From then, for me, I love to hop in to Google Analytics and other analytics software to see how people are using the site currently. So before even sketching anything, I always like to do my research on a product. I also draw out extensive information architecture. So I, I structure the sites themselves. I wanna know where the most important information is currently being held on the site. So that's a simple spreadsheet that you can do in a couple of hours whereby you list from the homepage, where can I get to, if I use the navigation, can I get to the contact page? Can I get to X or Y? Like mapping out what the site currently does from a functionality perspective. From that point onwards, the next thing for me is to, once I know exactly what the client wants to achieve and I know how users are currently using the site and the demographics, so I find out what the demo of, of the current client is, then I can start to put together a bit more of a structure around what I believe the new site could look like. So that'll start with doing some mock-ups. Always start my mock-ups with a tool called Balsamic, which is just an online application, which is really basic wireframing, pen and paper. And from that point onwards, we start to increase the fidelity of our designs. So that essentially means like we don't want to go straight from zero to perfectly manicured pixel grid designs because... What happens if the client doesn't like the placement of a button? What happens if we realize that we've made a mistake on X or Y and we have to revert? You end up wasting lots of time. So the process at the beginning is generally for lots of collaboration with other researchers or other people in a team to kind of get their perspective. You want to integrate with the development team early on to find out what what code they're going to write the software in, whether there's going to be a content management system or how we're going to launch the product itself on what back end? Once we do that, like I said, we start stepping up the fidelity of the wireframes in collaboration with the client themselves. In doing so, once we have a prototype that's very basic, start to employ the agile methodology and start getting user research underway. We want to see how people interact with our designs early on. 
There's lots of different software you can do that with over the internet, or you can have people on site. So you can like literally watch them, how they use the software. Once the, the designs are, try to keep this as, <laughs> as high level as possible. Once the designs and the prototype are at a, at a point where the client feels comfortable with moving them into production, we need to build a dev specification. So we need the developers to understand exactly what's happening with the build. Internally, we have a design system, which essentially means that we've built out a component library for different elements within our applications. So we've pre-built what buttons look like. We've pre-built what a, an accordion or certain other elements within a website will look like. And we'll make sure that we've spec them out so that the client and the developers are well aware of what they need to build. And then it goes into development. So yeah, it's, the main process is building up those wireframes. And early on, there's lots of research that's incorporated on informing our decisions, what we're trying to achieve with the site itself. Yeah, awesome. That was a really thorough example. Makes a lot of sense. How about, like, what are are the qualifications required for this role? Because I think one of the interesting things around this is there's no real degree. Maybe there are some degrees now. And I don't even think you have a design Uh background. So you just sort of got into it. Yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into this role. And then I guess, like, what are the usual backgrounds you see of your colleagues and friends who are in this field? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, you outed me there. I don't have a a degree in design at all. My history comes from just getting into the startup world as a founder and finding myself being really curious and empathetic towards product design and just starting from the ground up. I mean, I had a background in, in graphic design whereby I do some very basic logos for friends and had an understanding of design software, but it really took me at a point where I had to design my own product to, to understand the fundamentals of design systems and other frameworks to become engrossed with how important software design is and really fall in love with it. So I don't believe anymore that you, re- you are required to have a degree at all. I mean, once upon a time, I believe graphic designers, they were perceived to have to have a design degree. And there are lots of great foundational, they're not degrees as such, but at least I think you can get diplomas for user experience, et cetera, et cetera, these days, which are great foundations. But honestly, I, I think that that's really washing away and that a strong portfolio, freelance work, even a conceptual side project can go a really long way just by doing it on your own. But let's be honest, YouTube is essentially, you have like every university's curriculum available in video and a Shopify store well, that'll give you the equivalent of an MBA in business. So yeah, it's just one of those things where I think that anybody who has a knack for software is creative and just puts the time and can really get started in an industry like design. Awesome. Makes sense. And I'm glad you sort of led with that as well. I think like, yeah, this is one of these fields that people can just upskill and then get into pretty, not easily. I think it's um, probably easy to get your foot in the door, but hard to become a really good designer, right? Like it's just one of those fields where... Uh, you can really set yourself apart by having some really good foundations and building a really good portfolio. What are the best parts of the jobs and what are the worst parts? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, the pros, I mean, the flexibility of the role is great, especially mine particularly. I can be work from home. I start and finish when I need to. I love that design is like cognition work. It's mental work. It's not physical, which means you have great leverage. You can achieve a lot just by using your mind as opposed to using your hands or anything physical. I love that design work actually has real world effects. Thousands of people use the software I've built and visit the websites. 
So it's great to know that you can have an effect on people's experience as they uh, use applications and software. I really enjoy instating design principles in my creative process. So making for better development sprints and refining the process that our company takes and I take into the future so that we can produce better product. Oh, and just getting to work with like really talented people every day, like engineers, product managers, all the way up to C-level company executives, et cetera. Like this technology has lots of really intelligent forefront thinkers. And I really enjoy that aspect of my job. Always feeling like uh, I'm not the smartest in the room is, is actually quite refreshing. Awesome. Let's get to the tough part, which is like, <laughs> Maybe not the bad parts, but what are the, the things that aren't so great and that you sort of put up with because there's all these great things about it and uh, these are just things that you have to deal with? Yeah, in the spirit of transparency, some of the cons, number one is probably your work is inherently tied to a computer. A lot of people don't talk about that, but you will spend all of your time in front of a computer at work and then when you go home, you're in front of your mobile, you're in front of a TV screen really resound your life revolves around computer screens which can can be a bit of a drain one thing that is difficult in the role is that especially in design people want to skip appropriate or at least what i believe is believe is necessary design process steps so they want to skip the foundational things and jump straight to the end so as i was talking about doing research before going out full-fledged prototypes everybody was looking at save some time and save some money and, and really wants to skip those processes. But lo and behold, if you go into development and start building products without having all the design considerations planned earlier, then you end up with hours and hours of regressions, lots of chasing your tail and unhappy users. And that bothers me a lot. That happens far more than I'd. I wanted to dive more into something you just mentioned, which is the whole imposter syndrome thing. And I think you know, one of the things you've mentioned is that you're not an artist and, uh, you know, you're still doing design work. And I think a lot of people might be intimidated by the role. I know I was looking into UI UX and was like, you know, I don't have an artist bone in me, but I, I do have an eye for when things look kind of good and things look kind of bad. And I enjoy, you know, mocking things up. So can you talk about the fact, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, you're not an artist, but you're UI UX designer. And like, do you think it's a, it's a relevant skill? Like, do you need to be an artist or? can you th still thrive um, without it? Yeah, I definitely think you can thrive without being an artist. I'm not an artist by any means. The definition of an artist to me revolves around like extensive creativity, really channeling. When you think of what a quintessential art artist produces, it's, you know, really imaginative sort of work. And UI and UX design and software is actually quite repetitive, right? We don't want to be too creative when it comes to designing interfaces, because if you were, then a majority of users would have to relearn how to interact with each piece of software that they launch, which is like goes against all design principles for, for software. There are great guidelines that I, you know, and, and lots of great work to read up on, on the best designers themselves and frameworks. Great ones include human-centered design is something that I reference almost daily when it's when I'm approaching a new project. The Nielsen Norman Group has extensive UX training and research and consulting videos on exactly how to approach certain problems. So no, I, I don't believe at all that you need to be able to paint or have any sort of sculpting knowledge or anything like that. That's that's not really relative to to UI and UX design. It's it's the ability to create software that users can use really intuitively. 
and that doesn't require extensive creative flair. Yeah, and uh, and I think there's a lot more process and engineering that that goes into it, right? Like actually analyzing user flows, thinking about that, and then there's like a lot more methods to it rather than just like being really creative and designing something cool. So I think that's what people miss. Could you also share maybe um, maybe just like three of the top traits that you've seen amongst UX UI designers that uh, like have made them successful? Like perhaps it could be like you know process driven, greater communication. Like you know what are three things that you've seen are prevalent amongst them? Well, the number one for me is like a hunger for learning, or at least like anyone in the technology space knows that things change so often, whether it's like the tools we use, the standard protocols, the languages that engineers write in, trends change daily. Like you need to be hungry to continue to learn. Otherwise you get caught behind design principles that change every month, accessibility considerations that are updated every week that you need to be on top of to produce your best work. So uh, a hunger for knowledge is definitely the number one trait I see. And and, and this just brings this sort of energy uh, to teams. So I think that that's my number one. And number two is communication. Designers have to be good at explaining why. They're, They're constantly solving the why. Why is like, obviously the obvious ones are like, why is this element positioned on the screen here? But fundamentally, you need to understand why a user is using the application itself. What are they trying to achieve? And you need to be, you know, very, not just good at communicating it to other people, but communicating communicating it to yourself as to what particularly is the user trying to achieve and, and be quite empathetic as such. Lastly, what do I see the most? Yeah, okay, designers don't have to be, but the best designers and I consider myself slightly like this, but are very meticulous. You want to see consistency throughout designs. That is the principle of the best design is consistency. So typography across the website is the same bold, like bold for headings and, and the fonts are exactly the same size and the paragraph text is very similar and in the same place. Consistency and familiarity defining foundation of good design. So being meticulous about exactly where a button sits is it exact does it sit on the grid perfectly is it aligned be incessant be super focused about producing the best quality of work that you can is something that's got me further than others is just being able to put in knowing that it's going to take me an extra couple of hours to achieve it at that level but being meticulous about my final product has worked yeah wonders for me if you work harder and, and make it just that little bit more perfect than someone else, then you don't have to be an exact perfectionist. Because like I said earlier, like timelines make this difficult. You can't work on a design forever. But yeah, over time, you'll pick up with some really good traits that are, that'll follow through. And I think that people receive that really well. Awesome. What about like, do you have like a final tip or advice for anyone that's looking to pursue this uh, career pathway? Yeah, go to figma.com and create an account. And the way that I started, which was quite juvenile, but you got to get in there and get started, is come up with the idea for a fake company that you want to run and create the logo and the typeface for the company. So if the company was called Banana Sunscreen, whatever that is, yeah, go in and make the logo and spend some time in Figma. It's the most intuitive software. It'll get you to a point where you can achieve like hypothetically once 
software over the past few years, especially in design, has been democratized. What I once used to pay hundreds of dollars a month for in mm -hmm. Adobe Suite and Sketch and all these other software is now free online on Figma in your browser, right? So get in there, just get started. Start with basic designs for logos and font stuff because that's very easy to manipulate. And then you can start to copy. And that was what I did early on as well is take the google.com and just try and recreate the interface. Like just make basic inputs, start really small and, uh, you know, put your hand up when someone says, oh yeah, I need a website built, put your hand up. They're like I'll, I'll try, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. You want to be that person that just puts their hand up constantly, takes the initiative because that's the only way that you'll learn from the beginning. Oh, and do lots of reading. There's lots of great, there's lots of great tutorials and designers out there. So give it a YouTube to figure it out. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing your story, Matt. Appreciate it. That's all right, guys. I hope people get something out of it.